Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast. I am Edwin Frondozo, and this is episode number 46 with Alexander Pei. I was really thrilled to have Alex join me on the podcast to share his journey, which took him literally around the world before he landed as the VP of innovation at RBC. Alex and I actually met a couple of years ago at a startup event that was put on through Startup Canada. At the time, he was at PayPal, so I was really excited to sit down with him to see what he's been up to. Before jumping in, I'd like to give a shout out to my media partners, IT World Canada and Startup Canada for the ongoing support of the podcast. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Alex. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is a, this is a somewhat surreal experience. Uh, I, feel, I feel like I'm somewhat important for a minute. Well, hey, you and I have history and I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to spend some time with you and really, really just get some leadership, uh, you know, hearing your journey and your experience. But Alex, why don't we just first off start off by telling us, telling the listeners something about you, who you are outside of the workplace when you're not growing, leading businesses. Who, who am I? I am a, I am a new dad. Uh, I have a, I have a three and a half week old, uh, little baby boy, Sonny. So I'm greatly enjoying that, that kind of dad life. Uh, I'm very, very kind of passionate about the, the entrepreneurial and startup ecosystem. I spend a lot of my, of my personal time, um, and professional time working with, with kind of, um, entrepreneurs, uh, and trying to provide some feedbacks and guidance, especially from a, from an international, um, angle. Uh, and it's funny you ask a little bit more about myself. I'm, I'm somewhat of a, of an itinerant and I say I'm, I'm somewhat an, of an itinerant. Um, I get a little bit confused who or what I am. I, ha- I have a relatively thick Australian accent, uh, and I am Australian, but only by naturalization. So, so everyone always asks me about my Australian mum or dad. No, my dad's Chinese, my mother's English. So I was, I was born and raised in, in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and I went to high school and university in, in Melbourne and Australia. And I've, I've had a chance to live, um, around the world since then. So in, in Africa, um, back in Asia, in Europe and, and, and North America. Uh, I get confused, you know, w- with the holidays, I get confused with, with the celebrations. So I quite enjoy these, these coming into the kind of like non-denominational holiday seasons. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And, and I'm, we'll, we'll get a little more into this experience <laughs> of being worldwide. And, and I, and it's amazing to have that for you. But let's just start off with, uh, with your current role here at RBC. If you could tell everyone, what you're doing and perhaps what you're trying to accomplish over the next, let's say, 12 months. So, so you know, as part of innovation and the innovation organization inside of, of technology and operations here at RBC, um, our mandate is to, to effectively be agents of change and transformation. Um, and we very much view technology and innovation as transformative. I think it's always glass half full, glass half empty. Um, you know, people want to talk about disruption. We much prefer to talk about transformation and we believe that, that these technologies can be transformative. So, so our mandate is, is to kind of drive innovation and drive innovation through very kind of efficient and effective, um, experimentation, um, to do it through some fantastic partnerships. Um, always looking at a lens of, of kind of next generation, um, technology. 
um, and probably more so than I thought, and I'm really excited about this, about trying to build that knowledge and capability internally and then really spreading that knowledge and capability across the business. So, you know, anyone anyone who's listening to this who doesn't know RBC, you know, we are, we are very proudly Canada's uh, largest bank. Um, we have a 150 plus year history. Um, you know, and, and when we look at it, we are, we are uh, someone who are very proud and very passionate to, to be serving the Canadian communities. No, that's great. And tell us a little more about, um, I guess the organization you're in, um, because I know you're fairly new yes. to this and it's within the in- innovation. So are you working primarily with internal, uh, outside partnerships to, to push this in- innovation type of agenda? So, so, so RBC has, has four, um, verticals, um, and, and there are four reporting businesses and, and technology and operations where we sit is a horizontal. Mm-hmm. So every one of our, our around 30 lines of business is a stakeholder to myself and the organization. And we love that because we can wake up in the morning and we can be looking at innovative projects for insurance, for asset management, for um, human resources, for collections. Um, you know, people always want to think about the the, the kind of um, the bank, so our personal and commercial bank. Um, but there's actually lots of really interesting and exciting opportunities across the business. Um, and one thing that that that, that I'm really uh, excited about is we have a huge amount of of passionate engaged innovators at RBC. Um, I think I think people have heard, anyone who's met me has, has probably heard me say this, whether it was ignorance, whether it was arrogance, when I joined RBC a- about three months ago, I really was thinking I was going to have to unearth talent and unearth this innovation. And what has absolutely shocked me is how many smart passionate, engaged innovators this business has. And I, and I genuinely um, mean that um, across, like I said, 30, 30 plus lines of business. And so when we, when we think about the opportunity, you know, we really try to imagine the possibilities. And that's really refreshing. I mean, probably that perception of a bank is not only new to you or, mm-hmm. or special to you. It may be someone from myself who's sitting on the outside in and, and hearing that coming from you who's just new to the organization and really finding that that talent's here and that, that passion for innovation is great. It, it absolutely is, you know, and, and I say to people, you know, I, I've been here, here kind of like three, three and a half months or so. Um, so maybe I still, still do have a certain element of, of the rose tinted glasses on, but you know, it, it's exciting to see the momentum that 80, 80 plus thousand people can have. Um, and something certainly that I, I enjoyed greatly at, in, in my previous career at PayPal. And I, and I certainly enjoy it here at RBC and look forward to it is the ability to make an impact and to make an impact at, at scale is something that I think is, is, you know, it's intoxicating, but it's also, it really helps you, it really helps you kind of validate, you know, why we're here and, and, and why we spend so much time and energy doing the things we do, really, to really make an impact. So Alex, looking at your career, I mean, and you just mentioned it, you are still figuring out, you started in Malaysia, yep. to Australia. I mean, you literally been worldwide and now you're here in Toronto. So can you share with us, the listeners, some key turning points within your career that perhaps opportunities or challenges that made you have a decision that made you that business leader you are today? I, I can I can think of of probably three three events in my life that have helped shape it, um, and a couple of, of of people who have really 
helped me shape what what you know i'm i'm very proud of my career i think i still think i've got a long way to go um but you know when i think about it from from an event standpoint you know when i when i when i kind of finished high school um i just assumed i would go down the very very standard path of i i, I did a, a business degree and i thought great that's what my parents want me to be you know uh you know all of my family are in professional services at ey deloitte's etc mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are, a lot <laughs> of them are accountants and and financial planners so i thought that's what i'm going to be and and the reality is I, I finished university and i very quickly realized that's not what i wanted to do right and i mean that in the most respectful way to those professionals but it was trying to fit a, a square peg in a, in a in a round hole right you know? And so I actually spent, you know, a, a, a good couple of years, honestly, soul searching. And my, my, my parents were probably a little bit concerned that, that again, <laughs> maybe I was, I was going to be the black sheep of the, of the family. Um, my mother, my mother has, has done quite a lot of, um, real estate speculation. So I thought maybe real estate and real estate development was something that would be interesting to me. Um, you know, uh, I thought that there was a lot of, a lot of kind of like synergies with my enjoyment and talking to people. I thought maybe I'd just have a, a career in sales and, and do things like that. Um, but you know, that for me was one of these, 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 the kind of like first points in my life where I realized that, that for, for no matter how much we plan, and, you know, I'd been planning, honestly, I'd been planning to do a business degree and work in kind of like finance since I was about 12 or 13 years old, okay. that that wasn't going to be to be kind of pan out the way it, it, it could have. Yeah. Um, I look at I look at the kind of like second part was probably in my, my mid 20s or so. And I got to sit down with my, my cousin um, who, who is is an incredibly successful um, businessman and entrepreneur now as well. He runs a he runs a, a private equity um, and venture fund out of uh, New York. Um, and he sat down with me and, and again, I, f- I felt a little bit transient mm-hmm. and he really talked to me about trying to combine, um, things that I was very good at with something I was very passionate about. And I've always been very, very passionate in technology and more so, um, than anything it was consumer electronics at the time. Right. I was just like, I love, I love this technology. I think it's going to transform our lives, et cetera. Um, I really enjoy interacting with people, working with people. And see, he kind of talked about marrying those two. And if you do something that you're, you're really good at and you're working on something that you're really passionate about, then his kind of view was, it's not really work. In that, in that case, you're kind of getting paid to do what you wanted to do. And, and that was that second point where I decided, you know what? I was really going to focus on, on technology. Uh, and I started out working in technology, looking to transform the media industry. And we were talking back, you know, 2004 or five or so, somewhere around that. Um, the concept of, of watching content on a mobile device was just unheard of. Right. Um, the concept of video demand or streaming, et cetera, um, was just completely and, and, and utterly unheard of and that was that was kind of like super exciting and 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 the kind of third moment for me was when i just picked up i literally just picked up and decided that i was gonna quit quit a job that that you know i enjoyed and was what i'd like to think i was i was reasonably successful of and i was just gonna take some time off and i took almost a year off to decide what i wanted to do next and and i and i was very privileged and lucky that i spent some time traveling around and i met a bunch of people and I just decided that I was gonna gonna sell up my home in in in, in Australia. Um, I was gonna you know I just quit my job and I was gonna move to London, and I was gonna work in kind of like mobile development and mobile app development. 
And that was just game changing for me. You know, to a certain degree, I knew next to nothing about uh, any of these things, but it was just something that I was super excited and super passionate about. Um, and that, that, that set me on, you know, over the last 10 years or so, hopefully a, a path of success. But I'll tell you this right now. It was also incredibly a, a massive reality check to, to go from, from a relatively kind of like small town Australia to, to London in the UK. Yeah. And realize that talent and competition and skills, it's fierce. It's crazy. You know. And oh, man, I really thank you for sharing. I really love that story. And you had these three, I guess, points in your life where it gave you a mind shift. One started in high school, one mid-20s. And I'm almost going to assume that when you took this sabbatical, I would call it, yep. was that, were you late 20s, early 30s? I was, I was late, late 20s, early 30s when yeah. I kind of took that sabbatical. And quite frankly, <laughs> I'm probably not far off taking another one of those sabbaticals. Where I decide <laughs> it's time. What, what the next kind of phase, yeah. you know, I, it's something I, I've got the absolute pleasure of, of leading a, a, a great team here at RBC. Um, and I think managing people, honestly, is is one of the great privileges of of, of working in an organization, especially a large organization like RBC. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to to develop and shape and support and challenge um, talent uh, as they grow, um, I think it's it's one of the most exciting things going around. But I, I talked to my co-ops here in, in at RBC, and when I was growing up, it was all about this kind of like ten year plan. It's like, what's your ten year plan? Yeah. Like now I look at it and I go, I think about everything in kind of like maybe two or three year chunks. Oh yeah. Like I j- that we, we move at such an incredible pace. Things change, transform, innovate at, at, at such incredible momentum now that quite frankly, anyone who's thinking that they're, you know, what they're going to be working on in 2027 or 2028, you know, it's going to be wildly different, you know, planning versus kind of uh, reality. So, so thinking about things now in these kind of two to three year chunks, maybe five years, if, 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 if it at, at best, um, that probably leads me to think that I'm not far off one of those, those sabbaticals again. No, no, for sure. And, and it's it, time is going crazy fast. I mean, you talk about 10 years, you have a, you have a young child. Imagine what the world looks like when he's 10. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but again, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, there's lots of incredible um, technology, um, you know, and we can talk about them until um, the cows come home. But, you know, if I think about 10 years ago, the concept of autonomous vehicles, you know, in, in 10 years, we will have autonomous vehicles. You know, it's I'm not going to say that everyone will have adopted them. Um, but you look at what Tesla has been doing. You look at what Volvo has been doing, etc. cetera. Um, I was just in Tel Aviv recently, and I can assure you right now, the, the autonomous vehicle and LiDAR technology coming out of Israel is unbelievable so i mean i i i look at it now and i think that 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 my little boy is is i'm excited you know i i think when i was growing up maybe with with my generation it certainly wasn't my parents generation it certainly wasn't my grandparents generation i remember my 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 mum and dad kind of talking to me about the fact that i could do anything i wanted um, and I think later on now in my life, I believe I, I literally could do anything I want. Um, but I look at, I look at the next generation. I look at my son and I, and I genuinely believe that, that, you know, they, th- this generation have the ability to do anything they want. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, that excites me, but it also scares me because one of the biggest, biggest blockers I see, and it's something that, you know, I'd love to let's say talk about is we probably have too many options. I think we're, we're a generation now where people finish school or people finish university or they quit a job and they have 17 different, they have the worlds that are oysters and that's made us, made us quite naturally, um, indecisive, right? There, there, there is no fight or flight for us, right? Because we don't need to fight and we don't need to fight. 
I want to just change gears a bit because you and I could probably talk about technology <laughs> forever and you said it. But now that you've been in RBC over three months now and throughout your career, you switch roles, you switched and switch organizations. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you, you know, you get new responsibilities, new team members. I'd like to get some of your um, thoughts or insights in terms of how you adjust and continually grow switching organizations and, and becoming a, a more effective business leader? Look, I think I think the reality is that when, when I speak to people, for, for, for me as an individual, I, I look less to the, to let's say the brand and, and people can look at it in a couple of ways. You mm-hmm. can you can say, you know, I always dreamed of working for a company X um, because, you know, I, I idolize them. I'm a, I'm a fan boy or a fan girl. And, mm-hmm. and those companies quite often are Google and Facebook and Apple, et cetera. Um, and people are willing to to take any role or job inside there to achieve that goal. Um, and I've had parts of my career where, where I've been, and again, not there's no right or wrong to that, but there's definitely been t- parts of my career where I've been been um, caught kind of um, just just dreaming of working for organizations like this. Um, you know, m- probably for most of my career, I've been more focused on the opposite side, which is which is less about the brand. And more about the specific role in the team that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, when when I think about RBC, a lot of people have have uh, have have shown or expressed certain elements of surprise uh, that I joined I joined um, RBC Royal Bank. Um, and I tell people, you know, I had the opportunity to to, to sit down with with my manager, um, a gentleman called Martin Wilberger, who's the the executive vice president of innovation and technology here. And he's a genuine human being who, who wants to see change. He's passionate. He's engaged. Um, you know, his boss and so my boss's boss is a gentleman called Bruce Ross, who looks after the technology and operations group, um, which is around 12,000 people or so. He, again, he's, he's another individual. He's just a human. Right. Uh, he's got a family. <laughs> um, but he's excited. He's curious. He's energetic. He's passionate about kind of innovation and change. So I look at it. And for me, um, you know, I think it's more about focusing on finding a team and a business unit and, and peers and a leader who you believe in who you feel are going to support you and challenge you and, and help you grow, you know, uh, as an individual self, rather than going and finding that particular company. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and again, I think that that there's two, there's, there's two things when I, when I think about my own career, do you want to focus on um, an industry or do you want to focus on a skill set? Right. So you'll have a lot of, you'll have a lot of career bankers who, who will have focused on um, the industry, so working in financial services, and they will have jumped around from human resources to um, accounts to to product, etc. But the one constant is is the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the other view of it. Uh, you know, are you focusing on a particular skill set or, or a job type? And you're then going from industry to industry. And I've probably be sat more on that side, where you know, uh, you know, I, I was always very passionate about technologies, um, but you know, I'm, I'm not a coder. Right. I wish I wish that I'd done a double, um, which I'm mm-hmm. seeing so many people doing now. But quite frankly, that wasn't available to me um, when I was growing up. But I like I look at it for me. I've spent more of my career um, focusing on specific type of job types and skill sets that are easily replicatable um, across um, businesses. Right. So working for, let's say, a, a fintech at PayPal, um, you know, what I've been able to do there and bring over to a financial services company like RBC is great. If I decide that I want to take that and then work for a pure play technology company, I feel that I, I hope that I've built that that skill set right. and that experience that I can take that across. 
No one's no one looks at no one looks at Alex Pay and says, "Wow, that's a career um, banker." Because I'm not. No one says, "Oh, wow, that's," and looks at my CV and says, "Oh, wow, that's Alex Pay. He's a career um, technology." Haven't always been in there, right? Um, but when I think about it, I think that people certainly, you know, when they're 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 at certain parts of of their career, because again, things change. They've kind of got to decide what they want to do. Are they focusing on that industry or vertical, or are they focusing on that job type? When I was reading up and doing my research on you, Alex, <laughs> uh, um, you know, Google and LinkedIn, um, actually, I, I found out at PayPal that you drove initiatives like presenting sponsorships at Beta Kids CanCon podcast, as well as DX3 Startup Zone, which gave the startups exposure to over 4,500 people and a chance to pitch to retail heavyweights. So I'd like for you to share how you decide to lead inif- initiatives like this. The the single the single greatest kind of pleas- pleasure and, and privilege I probably had at PayPal again was was trying actually actually working with entrepreneurs and small businesses um, in in somewhere like Canada right and so when I look at at um, their involvement with um, the CanCon podcast so shout out to to, to Douglas and the team yeah. at, at BetaKit um, I know big fans of of what you're doing. Um, and when I look at 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 what DX3 um, and the organization and group they're trying to do, they're both um, very proud organizations trying to help and endorse and evangelize and advocate for mm-hmm. a kind of entrepreneurship. So, you know, when I think about an organization like PayPal and the same here at RBC, when we are able to to get behind um, the community and get behind the ecosystem, that's one of the great benefits of working for these large enterprise organizations. Um, here at RBC, we're able to to support the Creative Destructive Labs um, in here in Toronto. We work with the Vector Institute. Um, we work with OnRamp, and that was one of the most exciting things for me. Was was I think it was my second week. I I hadn't even necessarily had a chance to meet all of my own team. Yeah. And I got to to open um, the on ramp entrepreneurship hub at the University of Toronto alongside the dean of UFT and Dave Mackay, the president and CEO of RBC. So you know, I, I, I was telling my parents, you know, they're like, "What's the team like?" And I'm like, "Great, haven't met all of them, but I did cut a ribbon today with the, with the president and CEO of RBC." So that that was pretty good fun. Um, but again, I look at that and and I look at what we as an enterprise organization are, are able to do and advocate for you know these technologies um, like AI, like machine learning. That's that's great. But the reality is it's also good for our business. This was something that, that a lot of people um, said to me at PayPal, you know, love love what you and the team are doing to support um, and, and advocate for entrepreneurship. Absolutely. One hundred percent. We believe in that. But also, let's be very, very clear. That also helps that business. Right. The more entrepreneurs who, who start businesses in Canada are naturally going to take that online. And when they take that online, they're going to hopefully transact online. And at that stage, um, they're going to use in a fantastic product or service like PayPal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it, it, it's not about it's not about being um, kind of martyrs. It's not about being altruistic. Um, th- if you can find synergies between um, helping the community and helping the ecosystem that also is going to benefit, um, you know, your business. You know, that's a match made in heaven, right? So, you know, as sometimes I thought we, we probably had, and, and certainly myself have had, have been given far too much credit over the years, um, for, for doing it. But again, being able to, to leverage a brand like RBC or leverage a brand like PayPal to help the community, help the ecosystem, help entrepreneurs. Um, again, that, that's one of the great things that we get to do. So, Alex, who do you look to when you're looking for support or leadership mentorship? 
That's a, that's kind of like a tough one, right? <laughs> um, and you know, you know, when when Edwin reached out and we we're having a chat about this, you know, you want to you want to like prep all this stuff and go. Let me tell you about these incredible business leaders around the world that no one else has ever heard of. And, yeah. Right? Uh, and and you know, I look I look I look to my mum and mm-hmm. my dad quite a lot. Um, both of them both of them have, have been entrepreneurs. Um, quite frankly, neither one of them necessarily that successful. Um, I look, I look to my cousin, as I mentioned, um, before. He's somewhat of an older brother, um, to me. Um, and, and quite frankly, if I could, if I could reach, uh, anywhere near, uh, the levels that he, of success that he's had, uh, over the years, I'd be very, very, um, kind of proud. Um, I also have been lucky that, that, and I mentioned it before, you know, I've, I've probably had three, three career events that have helped shape. I probably had three, managers or, or leaders in my life who have really, really, really kind of helped shape that. Um, and I'm very proud of the fact that there's actually, that they're actually like three female leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hate the fact when I talk about them, but they don't really have a choice because I got a microphone. Uh, yeah. and, and, and they don't. But, you know, there, there was a, there was a lovely lady called Belinda Keating and, and, and Belinda was probably the first, um, leader to take a chance on me. Um, I was very early on in my career, very early on in my twenties. And we knew mutual, we knew mutual kind of friends. Um, we got to know each other and she was, she was someone who was willing to take a chance on me, um, and, and gave me a job working in, in kind of like media and technology. Right. Um, the, the, the second, the second leader that, that I still spend a huge amount of time with is, is a, is a lady called Kylie Seaman. And, and Kylie was the first manager I had. Who was who? Who really kind of taught me about business, uh-huh. right? Uh, you know, I, I spent a number of years at university learning a lot of textbook stuff, which didn't prepare me for for the workplace. And I looked to, to Kylie as a as a as a leader and as a manager, and she spent far too much time. Um, I, I probably monopolized her time a little bit, but she probably spent far too much of her time investing me as an individual and teaching me you know, humility and teaching me what it was like. And again, the, the privilege and honor of, of managing people. Um, and I sp- still spend a huge amount of time with her. And I, I still would say that she's a great sounding board for mm-hmm. me. And then, and then finally for now, yeah, finally uh, a lady called Beverly um, Riley and, and Beverly was, was the first manager or leader I had at PayPal who really just kind of opened up uh, the throttle. Right. Uh, it's something I spoke about, uh, or I have spoken a little bit when I, when I joined PayPal, when I, when we came down to sit down our first kind of year end review, I was sitting there a little bit going, I don't know if this is a company for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an amazing company doing really exciting things, but I didn't necessarily dream of working purely in payments. I, I joke about this all the time, right? <laughs> um, I don't know any, any kind of like 10 year old boy or girl who, if you say, what do you dream of doing? They say, I want to work for the world's largest online payment processor. Yeah. Right. So, so, so people quite often would ask me how I ended up working at a company like PayPal. And, and I said, it certainly wasn't because as a child, I was dreaming of it. But I remember very distinctly sitting down at my kind of like first year end review going, you know, I don't know if this is right for me. I don't know if this is, this is, I'm adding value. And I was nervous. And I, and I was like, how do I have this conversation? I sat down with my, my director at the time. And the funniest thing in the world came around. He kind of had the exact same view. <laughs> he was like, Alex, we don't know if this is necessarily the right place for you. We don't know if you're necessarily adding any value. And it was like, wow, here I was thinking, oh, again, selfishly, this is all about me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, 
we kind of decided that we were going to take the the the, the holiday season um, to really think about it, and, and and I was going to come back in the new year, and they were going to come back in the new year, and kind of decide whether we want to take it forward. And a big part of 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 what kind of helped me then build a very successful career um, at PayPal was um, Beverly became my 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 new manager, mm-hmm. and and Bev really was willing to to kind of empower me to do the right things right um to to be very open honest and direct and that that mantra is a, is a paypal mantra of open honest direct and that's something that that i believe in heavily um you know there's a time and a place but but we should always be open as open honest and direct as we can be um and so so beverly you know i i think she probably unleashed me on the on the eBay and, and PayPal world. Yeah, and so those those three three leaders are, are people that I still am I'm, I'm in I'm in contact with on a, on a regular basis. Um, they've all taken very different um, career paths, um, but I'm incredibly proud um, and will always be incredibly grateful of those three female leaders of taking a chance on me, um, spending time with me, and and investing in me. I was actually pretty curious to ask what you're reading right now, but then I just found out that you have a three and a half week old son. So my daughter's 18 months. So I remember oh. back, yeah, I remember back then I, I wasn't reading much actually, but what was the last book you probably read that the, so, so that you I, could share with so us? So I just, I just, um, finished reading and, and genuinely my apologies because it's sitting right there. I couldn't even remember the name. So it's, it's the Phoenix project and it's, it's a book focused around developer operations. Um, and it was, it, it, it's actually a really, it's, it, it's, it's a really easy, quick read for anyone working kind of in the developer and developer ops um, industry. Um, when I joined RBC, the, the, I would be sitting around in these meetings and everyone would be talking about this and talking about that. And I'd be like, I don't know what they're referring to. Yeah. Right. And they, they literally were referring to this book, The Phoenix Project. And so I read it. It's only, it's only a couple of hundred, um, pages. And suddenly when they were talking about factory this or engine that, I was like, Oh, I get it. You're referring to the Phoenix project. And I understand this. The, the, the Phoenix project basically is the concept that, that software, um, development is, is very similar to a factory. Right. So, you know, in the 1930s, et cetera, when you're building cars, it would come in here and you try to work out, you know, where your bottlenecks are. Um, what's the most kind of efficient, effective, um, way of, of utilizing it. And so the Finnish project is, is, is very good, probably boring a, a lot of, a lot of, um, people. I am in the process of reading how, uh, I don't know how to say this. Sorry. As I, as I looked at, to PR and comms, how, <laughs> how effed up is your management? Yeah. Uh, you know, so please. Please don't get angry at me for saying that. Uh, by by Melissa and and and, and so sorry, everyone in the room's laughing at me now. Um, but but you know, I, but, I but you did say open, honest, and direct. Yeah, it is. It is open, <laughs> open honest, and direct. Um, but I, but but myself and and my senior management team are starting to read um, that um, because I think it's a it's a really interesting take on on how we as people managers and and we as 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 kind of like leaders can can help drive and change the culture inside um technology um so that's 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 an interesting one that that we're going to start reading over the the holiday season break and you know i think everyone or i hope everyone has been has just finished reading um radical candor um and radical candor was 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 certainly a hot topic um over the last 12 months or so um and you know 
what I found with with Kim, and I, I don't say Kim like I know her because I don't know Kim, but what I found um, interesting for me was, you know, they, they, she uses different words, but a lot of that that radical candor is about being open, honest, and, and direct. Mm-hmm. And it talks about one of the chapters in the books talks about her as a people leader. One of the things that she she wasn't necessarily able to do and she had developed over her career um, was give that open, honest, direct feedback on on what people were doing. Um, and she had a, she had an employee who, who she wasn't able to give that hard feedback to. And, and eventually that employee, um, got let go. And that employee got let go because, you know, what he had been working on, the, the organization didn't care about. And she as a leader had failed because she had not been willing to, to give that feedback. And, and quite frankly, she had failed, um, mm. um, that, that, that employee. Um, so those, those three books, um, two of them, two of them are very much focused on, on culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, which people are going to like or, or not like. Um, yeah. and one <laughs> very much focused on de- developer operations, which I don't know how many people are actually going to, going to enjoy reading. Interesting and fun question for me to ask. Um, and, and depending on where you are or, or how you feel about this, I'd love to get your thoughts on if I were to ask your team, your colleagues, you know, peers, what's the best leadership quality you possess? What do you think, or maybe what, better rephrase it, what do you hope they would say? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, that's a, you know, what, what they, what they would probably say is, is, is that, that I'm quite good at, at, at rallying the troops and collaboration is certainly something that, 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 that I've spent a lot of my career focusing on. Um, you know, whether you work in the financial services industry, whether you work in the technology industry, whether you work in the healthcare, et cetera, um, right now we're still in the, we're, we're in the people business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, you know, consensus, consensus, and we're not talking about blockchain consensus, but, you know, consensus is really about getting, um, a bunch of parties to, to agree on something. Okay. Um, and so much of it in my experience over the years, um, is really about those relationships, being able to build rapport with people, being able to, to, to know how to communicate with different groups. Um, you know, there are, there are times when you need to educate. There are times when you need to, 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 um, put pressure on people. There are times when you need to, to ensure a decision gets made. And there's times when you need to keep people informed. Um, so collaboration is certainly something that I, that I hope that they would say. It's interesting. It's funny. You, you <laughs> asked that my, my sister, um, who again, someone who I very much look up to, um, and has spent a, a big part of her career at, at Ernst and Young many, many years ago. She, she, she was telling me about a process that at EY, when you, um, leave a role or when you leave the company, um, you effectively are, are trying to elicit feedback from your team in an anonymous way on, you know, um, what you could have done better, um, what you're known for, et cetera. Um, and, you know, at first I was really excited. I was, I was looking to leave an organization that I'd been there for five or six years. And, and, and this was that time in my late kind of twenties. And I was like, this is it. This is a great time for me to look for that feedback. Um, and, you know, as I sent this, uh, this anonymous survey, um, out, you know, it dawned on me that maybe I wasn't necessarily prepared for the feedback that I was going to get. Yeah. Right. And this is a big thing. And, and you know, you, you, if you want to ask the hard questions, you better be prepared for the hard answers. Right. Um, and, and there's, there's definitely times, um, when you're not prepared for them. Mm-hmm. And so I literally had clicked, um, send. Uh, and this was the, that was, this was the email days, um, people, in case you're wondering how old I am. This was a, this was an email. Um, <laughs> although one of my first, one of my first jobs, I literally was paid just to fax things. 
Yeah. One of my very first jobs, I was paid uh, around nine Australian dollars an hour to fax um, sales catalogs to to companies around the wow. world. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that for hours uh, soon. Yep, and I thought maybe that was going to be my career highlight. <laughs> yeah. But you know, as I click send on this on this survey out, I had um, a bunch of, of preconceived ideas on what people would come back with. Mm-hmm. You know, what is Alex known for? Alex is a is a is a great salesman and leader who who's very passionate. And I was thinking, you know, mm, that I'm thinking, you know, some of the feedback's definitely going to be that I talk too much, um, that I'm very opinionated. And so, you know, as I, as I waited for, for the, the kind of feedback to come in and when it did kind of come in, it's something that I'm very, very kind of proud of. The number one thing that came back from that group was that I always was willing to, to listen to what people had to say. Very nice. And I had no idea that's how people viewed me. None whatsoever. If you'd asked me to write the hundred things that people were going to respond with would not have been on that list of hundred things, but wow. overwhelmingly in different words, people said that, that Alex has an, an open door policy. Um, Alex takes the time to get to know me as an individual and mm-hmm. get to know what excites me and what energizes me and what's passionate about me. And he's always got that open door policy, right? So I, I hope that my, my team here at RBC would, would say something, something like that, um, as well. But they'd probably also say right now that, that we're trying to be, um, agents of change and transformation. Right. Uh, you know, when, when, when you come into the, to the eighth floor here at the, the, the amazing RBC water park, mm-hmm. you come out and you see our, our innovation space. We're very different. You know, we as RBC understand that the, the, the future of, of banking and the future of our company needs to be reimagined. And we are working on that and we're very proactive in, in that space. Um, but I also think that, that, you know, we as, we as technology and operations, um, should be evangelists, should be advocates for innovation. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things and, and it's, it's, it's not just Silicon Valley who get this kind of like title. There's some amazing companies in Canada who, who are trying to do this as well. But, you know, I certainly would love to be known as someone who is trying to drive change and drive transformation. Um, but it shouldn't be, we don't have to transform for the sake mm-hmm. of transformation, right? So I would maybe, as 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 a much as a cop out as it would be, I very much like kind of terminology like efficient and effective. Right, right. We should be efficiently and effectively looking at changing, looking at transforming, looking at innovating. So so apart from apart from being very loud and and probably talking far too much, uh, you know, I would hope that they would talk about about that kind of like collaboration, but also these this kind of like agent of, of transformation and change. We're going to have to end soon, but before we do so, I'd love to get some of your final thoughts, observations, ideally some type of actionable recommendations that you could share with any growing business leader, someone who's passionate or, or, or someone who's just looking for what to do. I can't, I cannot, I can't say this enough, right? People, whether you are a student, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you are a aspiring um, people leader or you're an existing leader, um, they should be leveraging some of these social media platforms, right? Um, you, you don't have to spend all day, every day on Twitter and LinkedIn, but you know, if you don't have a presence there, you're missing a trick, mm-hmm. you know? 
Um, you know, and, and I think that they're, you know, they're, they're fantastic for career development. They're fantastic for getting your, your message out there. I mean, you know, I, I, I spend quite a lot of time on LinkedIn and I'm a big believer in that as a channel to distribute content, but also to have very real conversations as well. So, you know, I think that we as, as senior leaders probably need to spend more time on there. It's not, it's not just a Silicon Valley thing, right? We, we all should be leveraging, uh, those. What I think about, let's say, early, more early on in my career, taking advantage of, of co-ops and internships. I mean, I look at, I look at the four months, uh, uh, of some of the co-ops that we have here at RBC. And genuinely, I'm incredibly proud, but just to caveat this, have had very little to, to do with that. So I can't take any of the, 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 the glory, <laughs> but I'm very, very proud to see how they've matured and developed and, and come out of their shells. Um, and challenged us uh, over the last four months. So, you know, if you're not taking um, taking um, these kind of co-op or intern opportunities, again, you're you're probably definitely kind of like missing a trick. One thing that I that I see certainly here in Canada is is is, and and again, I say this, I say this, uh, you know, very blanket statement. We're probably a little bit too Canadian centric. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say that, I, I think that there is some outstanding talent here. Um, we probably don't have enough of an international or global view. Um, you know, we have such a strong uh, immigrant population that, that we could be leveraging for different views and perspectives. I mean, I look at what what China does around messaging and we should be learning from that. I look at what South Asia, India and Pakistan and even and even um, Africa have been doing around mobile payments. They are, they are world leaders. Um, you look at Singapore, um, and, and Hong Kong as being gateways to Asia there, right? So I think I would really like us to focus on, on trying to build more of an international view, but also very much taking advantage of this, this amazing opportunity where we have people coming in with very diverse views, opinions, and skill sets and leveraging that. So Alex, to close, please tell us where we could find more information about you, the organization, and anything else uh, you want to share. I'm pretty. I'm pretty easy to find because, <laughs> because my last name's relatively um, unique. It was interesting. I always enjoy doing this. I was the only pay at PayPal, um, <laughs> and everyone very much enjoyed that joke of Alex Pay at PayPal. Um, and in fact, when 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 we found out that we we're expecting a child, people wanted me. If we we're having a little girl, people wanted um, us to name her Apple so she could be Apple Pay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, true story. Um, so you know, you, you're going to find me on all of the all the major kind of platforms. So if you if you come to um, LinkedIn, I'm just Alexander Pay. If you come to um, Twitter, I'm at Alexander Pay. Um, you can find more about like, some of my own um, personal exploits and adventures at Alexander. AlexanderPay.com, you know, and at at RBC, you're going to see us everywhere, right? So, and if there's places where we should be, if there are organizations or community across Canada um, where we're not supporting that, please reach out. That's one thing that, that, that I challenge my team with on a, on a kind of weekly basis. You know, we as the Royal Bank of Canada should be supporting as much of Canada as we can. I think we're incredibly um, strong and supportive here in the greater Toronto um, region. But, you know, we want to we want to be exploring um, talent in um, the Maritimes. Um, we want to be supporting entrepreneurs um, in, 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 in kind of like Saskatchewan and Alberta, etc. So, you know, we're again, we're very, very lucky to, to have this brand and this trust and this reach. Um, we as leaders should be trying to do as much to, to help the ecosystem. Well, that's great. Alex, thank you for your time and joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
That's it, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast, episode 46 with Alexander Pei from RBC. For more information about Alexander, RBC, or any of the books or resources that he mentioned, please head over to thebusinessleadership.com slash 046. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you are interested in learning more about the show, upcoming guests, or hear what I'm up to, please join our monthly newsletter where we will keep you in the loop. With that, have a fantastic day, and I'll talk to you soon. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com.